already. Hey, welcome to church. Sorry, I was, uh, I missed all the announcements, so can somebody fill me? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Tell me afterwards. Oh, my goodness. Uh, pull your Bibles out. We're going to Acts chapter 19. 19, I know we made it all the way to 19. All the way. I was going to have a count, like which number in the series of Acts this is, and I forgot to do that, but we started in August of last year, so we've been, we've been moving. We took a little break. We had a little side series in there. Um, I did want to mention uh, one thing before we, before we get into this. Uh, tomorrow, I should be meeting with um, the pastors and leaders of a Marshallese congregation. Uh, some of you are aware of this, that we've been, um, we've been talking with them and, and hoping to, to make some kind of an arrangement where they can lease this building um, on Sunday afternoons for their services. And um, so we're getting really close. We're getting really close to make that happen. Now, the reason I'm talking about that now is that um, this is going to take all of us kind of being in it together. Um, the facilities are going to be used by other people, and then we're going to be coming in, and, and things might be a little different, and if, you know, somebody moves your cheese, so to speak, uh, it's, you're just going to have to grin and bear it. No, no, we're going we're gonna to get a lot of communication going, and, and there's, there's lots of details that we're talking through. But I'm excited to make this happen, and the reason I've been pushing for this is... Um, um, these are, these are Bible-believing Christians who are in this community who want to see the lost saved just like we do. They look different than us. They sing different than us. They even dance occasionally. And, and if you know where the Marshall Islands are, you know that their food is going to be A-OK. -okay. And so I'm really looking forward to some like joint congregation potlucks and uh, get that South Asian or the South South uh, East Asian and the uh, South Pacific food going on. Uh, that's going to be good. Um, but these are good people, and I'm excited to partner with them moving forward. So so you're aware that's going to be happening very soon. And if you see a bunch of people you don't know showing up before you leave on Sunday. That's why. Um, does anybody remember? I, I, maybe they still do it. I remember working at Les Schwab years ago, and in the waiting room, the TVs would be on to the infomercial channels. Yes. Does anybody remember seeing the infomercial channels? You could stay up late at night and watch these people talk about products that you would never need or buy and they're, and, they're, and they're, except for it worked, obviously, because people bought them, but, uh, and they would present the product and say, here's what it does, and then, and then just when you think they're wrapping up, they say, but wait, there's more. There's more. It was like, that's how you do it, right? This, we're going to throw in this extra bonus here. Today's message is titled, There is More. 
and we're reading in Acts 19. Lord, would you open the word to us? Would you bring revelation and show us something new of yourself today? Something deeper? We're always looking for more of you. Would you would you open our hearts to receive from you, to receive correction, to receive encouragement as you see fit? In Jesus' name, amen. Acts 19, starting in verse 1. We're going to go down through verse 7. It happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the upper country and came to Ephesus and found some disciples. And he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, No, we have not even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, Into what then were you baptized? And they said, Into John's baptism. Paul said, John's baptism, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling people to believe in him who was coming after him, that is, in Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking with tongues and prophesying. There were in all about 12 men. Where are we at in the the storyline here? It says Paul, in verse 1, Paul is coming from the north and the north country and then down into Ephesus. Uh, Paul has been home for a bit. I might get a little bit louder, so let's let's notch this down a smidge. I need some yelling room. I'm not a yeller. Um... Paul had been through Ephesus before, and he had, he had met, the, um, met in the synagogues and even had some converts. He'd brought uh, Aquila and Priscilla with him from, uh, from Greece, and they were over here, and he left them there to plant a church. He didn't stay long because uh, he was trying to fulfill a vow. He needed to get back to Jerusalem. So he w- he could, they couldn't talk him into staying even though they wanted him to stay. But he said on his way out, I promise I want to come back, and as long as God allows me, I'll come back. And so here he is now. He had gone home. He had fulfilled his vow, and now he's out starting on his, what will be his third uh, missionary journey. So he's finally able to get to Ephesus. He, he went around the top uh, country through places where he'd been on the previous journey and where they'd planted churches. He was visiting and encouraging believers, and he finally makes it into Ephesus. Now, while he had been away, Apollos had been there, and that's what we see in verse 1, while Apollos was in Corinth, uh, because Apollos came to Corinth, uh, came to Ephesus, and he had part of the gospel. So we talked about Apollos last week. He came in with the baptism of John, preaching that the Messiah was coming, prepare your hearts. He's preaching in the synagogues. And Aquila and Priscilla, the, the couple, by the way, that's a couple, um, not, not two gals. That's, that's a dude and a gal. That's a married couple. They're, sorry, I, last week I talked to somebody who, who just found out that Aquila was a guy. And so the names are different because it's not English, okay, people? It's but it's a, it's a married couple. They, they heard Apollos. They heard his speaking. They saw the Holy Spirit, uh, the gifting in him, 
and, and they pulled him aside, and it says that they gave him, they, they communicated the gospel in a more accurate way. They gave him the rest of the story. Who was the Messiah that we were expecting? And, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and how this works. And, and Apollos submitted himself to that. He was taught, he received it, and then, um, and then a little while later, the church sent him out. We talked about the power of the community of believers in that, because uh, Apollos could have been a, a wild card. He could have been out there. He could have been a, a raging heretic before too long, but they pulled him in, and they gave him the gospel and, and equipped him for ministry. So that happened after Paul left. And, and, then, and then they sent Apollos over to Greece, and now Paul's coming back. So they just missed each other. I don't, we don't know if they ever met those two, but they appreciated each other, and they referenced each other. Um, so Paul comes into town. Apollos has just gone off. And it seems like maybe there's, maybe there's a lack of development going on in the church there, that maybe... Maybe there's some people that have not received the full gospel. They don't understand all the things about what Jesus has done. Um, and it seems like there's a community of people that have been uh, reached or evangelized by John's disciples, but not Jesus' disciples. They're, they know the baptism of John, which is a good thing. That's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. They, they understand that we need to repent. We need to get right with God because Messiah is coming. And when he comes, you want to be ready. You want to be ready. They didn't necessarily understand who Jesus was or even that Jesus had come. We see um, in verse, um, verse 2, they say, no, we have not even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Or another way to say that, uh, translated out of the Greek was, or we have not heard that the Holy Spirit has been given. We didn't know that had happened yet. Well, of course not, because they didn't realize that that Jesus had come and had fulfilled that. So Paul finds these guys, they are disciples. They're obviously disciples. They're, they're living for God in the best way they know how. They're following the teachings of John. They're trying to honor God. Um, and and there's, there's gaps in what they know and where they're at. But Paul doesn't leave that alone, does he? I mean, Paul is kind of a, an outspoken guy. Some of us might be inclined to say, well, you know, you, you do you, you know, different denomination. <laughs> you just, you, you do you and uh, we'll, we'll do us and, and let that division stand. Paul said, no, 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 that's not the truth. Here's, here's the rest of the story. So Paul tells them and they immediately receive Baptism in the name of Jesus, and then they are baptized with the Holy Spirit as he prays for them. He lays his hands on them, and they receive that. They didn't know that these things were there for the taking. They didn't know that the Holy Spirit was ready to fill them, and they didn't know that Jesus had fulfilled that role as Messiah. Paul, he could have... Just let them be, or he could have been mean. He could have ridiculed them uh, for their inferior understanding, for their incomplete theology. We have whole denominations in Christianity today and entire YouTube channels and personalities that seem to be dedicated to telling you who's wrong. 
<laughs> who's the false prophet this week? And who's going to hell? And, and where the heretics are? And sometimes, sometimes they're not wrong, right? Sometimes they are really calling something out, but it, it kind of becomes their shtick. Find anything that doesn't perfectly line up with the way that I think and, and just nail them to the wall. But Paul didn't do that. He simply relayed the rest of the good news. And then what happened? They believed. He did distinguish between the baptism of John and the baptism of Jesus. In essence, the baptism of believing in God and His coming Messiah, the baptism of John, versus receiving Jesus as Messiah and appropriating His death for you. That was the difference between the two. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't one or the other. In many cases, it was first John's baptism and then Jesus' baptism. They weren't in, in, in conflict. John's baptism was just a previous step. How many people do we know that believe in God? We believe there is a God. Um, they believe that Jesus was God's son. They believe historically that Jesus died and rose from the dead as a, as a historical fact. And, and try and live a good life. You know, do, do the things that they know are right to the best of their ability. Uh, so they won't be offensive to God when they die. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It can be a bad thing when it prevents you from receiving the baptism of Jesus. But that would be the equivalent of John's baptism. They, they, they want to know God. They, they want to live a good life, but they don't know about Jesus and who He is and what He has done. But John himself said that the Messiah would baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire instead of water. So one who follows Jesus receives his baptism that person should have the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, fire represents, in, in many cases, uh, judgment. <laughs> uh, judgment, uh, purification by fire, refining, purifying, cleansing. Um, but it also means power and fervor, like we saw Apollos described as in the last chapter. The Holy Spirit is literally God, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is literally God within you, indwelling you, bringing with Him all that He is, all the gifts that He has, all the fruit that bears out in our life. These disciples, they, they were baptized into Jesus' name and... and uh, making an outward statement that, yes, Jesus is our Lord, my life belongs to Him. And then, um, and as they came out of the water, Paul put his hand on their head and said, receive the Holy Spirit or something like that, and prayed with them, and they received the Holy Spirit. It says they were baptized in the Spirit and began speaking in other tongues and prophesying. They were speaking in other, okay, we're a four-square church. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I'm just going to just, I, I want you to practice saying this with me. Speaking in other tongues, in other tongues. And, prophesying. and prophesying. 
Does that scare you a little bit? No? It, sometimes it is a little scary. Like if you're, if you're not used to that, right? It's just like, whoa, how many people have seen that done wrong? <laughs> you've, seen, you've seen prophecy gone wrong. You've seen tongues used in an unbiblical way and, and all that. But it is a gift of God. It is, um, and both of those and all the, the gifts of the Spirit are um, evidence of his, his filling you, of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you were designed to have that, and he wants to give it to you. And, and this one is just like the first time in the upper room when they're speaking in tongues. And it's just like when the Gentiles first received the Holy Spirit at the house of Cornelius, which we read several chapters back, where the Holy Spirit, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began prophesying and speaking in tongues. So this is, this is precedent. This isn't a new thing. This is what the believers were supposed to have. They received it. These 12 disciples had started in the right direction. They had, um, they weren't actively opposing God. They weren't heathens. They weren't um, evil people trying to do things wrong and, and lead people astray. They were, they were men who had given their lives. It calls them disciples, which means that you could tell by looking at them and watching their life that they were, they were for God. They had given their life to that purpose. Yet there was so much more of God available to them that they did not have. And they didn't realize that it was there. Until Paul told them. So the question that we have today as we read this text is, do we have everything that God intends for us to have? Have I received everything that God has for me? I think it's a, it's a fair question for every Christian to consider this on a regular basis. If someone were to look at your life, would they notice a conspicuous absence of the person of the Holy Spirit, of the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, in my life? I'm, I'm going to lump myself in there with you. These Ephesian disciples sensed their need to get right with God, and they knew the answer was in God's Messiah, but they had gone no further than that because they didn't know. They needed to go all the way. They needed to trust in Jesus and everything that he had done. They needed to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, 37 says, and now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart. This is at the end of Peter's first message where, where 3,000 people are about to get saved. And he has explained the gospel. He's explained what's going on because everybody's speaking in tongues and, and the public is just going, what in the world is going on? We have now heard the wonders of God in our own language and these guys should not know our language. What's going on? So Peter gives the gospel, tells them what's going on. And then they said, what should we do? Brethren, what shall we do? Peter said to them, repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then he quotes 
Um, I believe it's the prophet uh, Joel. He says, For the promise is for you and for your children and all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. The promise, the gift of the Holy Spirit is for you as a believer when you believe in Jesus. I'm, I'm working on convincing you that this is something we need, right? That, that's, that's the point, that, that you as a believer in Jesus are not complete and will not develop as he wants you to until you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit as Scripture says. So if it feels like I'm just hitting this thing again and again, it's because I am. Charles Spurgeon, some years ago, said this, Have ye then received the Spirit since you believed? Beloved, are you now receiving the Spirit? Are you living under His divine influence? Are you filled with His power? Put the question personally. I am afraid that some will have to admit that they hardly know whether there be a Holy Ghost. And others will have to confess that though they have enjoyed a little of His saving work, yet they do not know much of His ennobling and sanctifying influence. Spurgeon was not one to pull punches. Uh, he, he said things very directly and was not afraid of conflict or confrontation. But what he's saying is, are you baptized in the Holy Spirit? Are you living in the power of the Spirit? Are you showing the evidence with your life that you are indeed redeemed by God and filled with the Holy Spirit? And I think we have to continue to look at ourselves and go, Yee. okay, all right. Like, I, ha I have experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Have you experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit? The initial baptism may be a one-time thing, but we see in Scripture that they, they, you can be filled again and again. It's something that we are to walk in and continue in, not just a one-time experience. God always wants us to go deeper. We tend to sip where we should drink deeply. We tend to wade in about ankle level where we should be diving. God has so much more for us than we have accessed. Most of us need to be encouraged to go deeper and further into the things of the Holy Spirit, and today, that's what we're doing. As, as believers, as disciples, we want what God has for us. We want to keep moving. We want to keep growing. And, and none of us are in a place until you cross over where you're done getting more of God. We're just not going to reach that point because you're confined to a human body. Sorry. But then when we take on the imperishable, right, and the eternal, we will not be confined to a human body or the flesh anyways. Spurgeon also said, he was talking about, how do you know? Like, how do you know if you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? He says it this way, if you give a man an electric shock, I warrant you, he will know it. <laughs> but if he has the Holy Ghost, he will know it much more. 
This isn't something to hope about. We can actually know. One can know they are filled with the Holy Spirit. There are definitely times and seasons in my life and probably in yours where the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit seems to be lacking. Series of poor decisions and attitudes and, and unrepentant sin. How would we say I have been baptized in the Holy Spirit and yet walk through those seasons because we have pulled back on our wanting more of God. We have, we have put it in neutral and said, okay, I'm pretty happy with what I got right now. When we are designed to and, and commanded to lean into Him and continue to draw on the Holy Spirit, always asking for more. How do we receive this? How do we grow? How do we move on in the Holy Spirit? Well, the first thing Jesus says is we're to ask the Father. In Luke 11, he says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. This is a very specific thing here. This is not just anything you want. Ask and God will give it to you. Let's keep as I keep reading here, verse 10, for everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and, him, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Now, suppose one of you fathers is asked by his son for a fish. Will he not give him a snake instead of a fish? No, he will not. He, um, or if he asks, if your son asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, being human, you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? He's talking about the Holy Spirit in this whole passage. You ask Him, and He will give it to you. The word ask here is not just uh, a... I'm going back to the infomercial on TV. This isn't just going, oh yeah, I could use one of those. And calling the number and, and, and ordering that financial mistake. Asking here means to beg, to call for, to crave, or desire, or even require in the Greek. It's an ongoing thing. It's more of an attitude. It's more of a position than it is just a one-time question. And the thing is, God, who gave His Son for you in order to be in relationship with you, because that's why you were created, He, wants, he, he actually still wants to be in relationship with you. That's the, the underlying motivation for everything that He's done. And, and so, why would He... In this moment, as you ask for more relationship, as you ask for more of who he is, why in the world would he tell you no? That's the reason why he's done everything. He will not now withhold that very relationship from you. So the first thing we need to do is we need to ask him because he's a good father and he knows how to give what we need. And the second thing is we need to keep 
asking for more. Keep asking Him for more. It's an attitude of intentionality. Uh, a while ago, we talked about the forward lean, right? Where you're not, you're not in neutral. You're not in a resting place. You're not sitting on your heels. It's, it's like the athletic position, right? I, we learned this in baseball. I don't know if other sports learn it, but in baseball, you've got your athletic position where you're kind of on the balls of your feet and you can move in any direction quickly. You've got a forward lean. If you're just kind of sitting here like this on your heels, you're, you're not in a position to receive. You're not in a position to do anything well except for fall on your butt. I know that from personal experience. Um, it's the forward lean. So we ask, but we ask continually for more. This is not a one-time receive something and then just be happy with what you've received. We are designed for deep relationship with God. And He is way deeper than you are. There's always more. We always need to be wanting more, excited by the idea of experiencing Him as He wants us to. If you have given your life to Jesus, there is more. There is always more. But wait, there's more. Our God is infinite. He is infinite. There will always be more to Him than we understand because we're, we're human, we're finite, and He's infinite. For eternity, we're going to be understanding more of who He is and and. And it says in Revelation that the angels around his throne, every time they see something new, another, another angle, another facet of who he is and what he's done, they, they cry out, holy, holy. There's, holy is, is different and separate and, and pure and not defiled by anything common. He's completely different, and we're going to spend eternity getting to know this God who wants to know us. For eternity will do it, but He's made Himself available to us now. And He loves our persistence. He loves that when we show our heart to want to know Him, that we mean it, that we really place priority and value on Him. So ask Him and then keep asking. And the result is that He hears. And he answers. We can have more. In fact, our, it's our birthright in Jesus. John says that when the Messiah comes, he will baptize you not with water, but with the Holy Spirit and with fire. John was probably, when he said fire, he was probably talking about judgment. He was probably talking about he's he's bringing the hammer. He's going he's gonna to judge sin and unrighteousness. But first, he gives grace and mercy and the Holy Spirit. As I was going through this passage, I personally was convicted. Certain areas in my heart, in my life, where I might be sitting back on my heels a little bit rather than leaning forward. I wonder if you might, as you examine your heart, find yourself in the same place. 
if we are as believers to walk in the power of the Spirit, if it should be known from the outside that we are disciples of Jesus by the fruit that our life bears, by our families, by our behavior in the workplace or on the freeway. (laughs) If it should be evident, if somebody from the outside looks at us, is it evident? I mean, in my humanity, I I can just go to a pretty dark place right there, right now. Like, <laughs> oh my goodness, I have so far to go, so much growth to to happen. But but here's here's what happens here. Like these disciples, Paul brings them to the next step, and the holy and they're baptized in the Holy Spirit. There is more for us to have. We don't have to stay where we're at. We don't have to keep doing the same stupid things over and over again. I won't ask for a show of hands on that one, but you, you know who you are. Sometimes we feel powerless to change those things about ourselves. If you want more of God in your life and in your heart, if you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit for the first time, if you need a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit, then here we are together today. Let's ask Him. Let's ask Him, just like Jesus said. We've got a couple minutes. What I'd like to do is stand together. I am keenly aware of my need for more of the Holy Spirit. You might be as well. Let's in prayer, come before our Heavenly Father and ask just like Jesus said to. Father, you see our hearts. You know our motivations. You know our hearts better than we know our hearts. Lord, it is our desire today to know more of you. Our hearts, designed for relationship with you, yearn for, we yearn for your presence. Sometimes we can't articulate what it is that we need, but, but right now, just according to, to your word, according to scripture, we are asking for the Holy Spirit. We're asking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Baptized, we want to be immersed, encompassed, encased in the Holy Spirit. We want to be filled from the inside out. We want the power that you said we should have. We want the grace to to do things right. We We want your mercy to be emanating from our lives. We want the world around us to know 
that we're yours. And not just know, but be impacted by your presence. So Lord, we're asking for more. We're asking for a fresh filling. Now, just, you don't have to be loud. It's, it's not loud in this room, but just, just under your breath or, or at a whisper, would you, in your words, ask him. Ask him for more. Jesus. Jesus, this is, this is your will for us. You have you've given this to us. You've told us to ask the Father, and we're, we're asking now. Our own strength, our own flesh is not enough. In my life, I need you, Holy Spirit. And I want, I earnestly desire, I want more of you. I want more of you. And, I, and not, just a, not just a Sunday feeling because we sang some song. Or we, we want more of you. Oh, God, work in us, work in us. We, we desire the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We desire a fresh filling. Come on, keep asking him. Lord, this is what you've given us. This is what you've prepared for us. This is the promise that you have given us. For all who believe in you, for all who give their life to you, for all who claim your name, this is something that that you've given us to walk in, and we want to walk in it. Show us more. Show us more of prophecy. Show us more of healing. Show us more of your power. We're not content to do the same things we've always done, to make the same mistakes, to have the same roadblocks, to go here and no further. We want to go further. We want to know more of you. Come on, a little bit more. Let your heart cry out to him. Express to him your your frustration (laughs) with where you're at and where you've been and that you want to go on with him. You tell him from your heart, Lord, hear our prayer, hear our cry. We want more. We want more. We want to walk in that which you've designed us for. Holy Spirit, fill us today. Fill us today. Fill us in a way that that is evident. Like Spurgeon said, a man who has received an electric shock knows it. Change our hearts. Change our minds. Let us know it. Fill us with power. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not just for fuzzy feelings and and warm things. It is power for holiness. It is power for purity. It is power for witnessing, for speaking the gospel. Fill us with power. Change who we are, God. If you if you have your prayer language, would you would you just softly pray in your prayer language and say Thank you for tongues, God. Thank you for 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 baptizing us in the Holy Spirit. We come to you with repentant hearts, with with submitted hearts, ready to to be the people you've called us to be, ready to, to submit the things you ask for. Holy Spirit, move. Holy Spirit, move. One of the one of the things that 
precedes the baptism of the Holy Spirit is repentance. Repentance, the, the turning away from self-will, the, the renouncing of sin, the, the, the repenting, the, the turning towards God in our attitudes and in our hearts. And, and that, that could be a, a key for some of us here today. You got, you got some repenting to do, you need to repent. Sometimes you need to repent to a brother or sister. And I'm not, I'm not, please don't say anything out loud right now. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> but we do have brothers and sisters at the front that will pray with you and, um, and hear your confessions if, if the Holy Spirit is pushing in that direction af after the service. If you are in a place where you need more, then let's continue to pursue more. Let's keep pushing in. Let's utilize the times during worship and, and, and after the service to ask God for more and keep asking for more until he pours his spirit out on us. God, we're so grateful to be yours. We're so grateful for the knowledge of the gospel that you've, that you've given us. We understand that we have not arrived. And so, God, keep us in a forward lean. Keep us always desiring and wanting more. And where we don't desire it, God, change our hearts to, to desire that. Would you baptize your church with the Holy Spirit and with fire? Purify us. Cleanse us. We come with humble hearts to you. Lord, we look forward to the good things that, that you have for us. We look forward to the, the testimonies of, the, of, of your power and, and to experience who you are in our life. Thank you that that's our promise, that's our gift. As we go from here today and in, into the next thing, whatever the day holds, Holy Spirit, fill every moment. Fill our stay in our in our mind, in our consciousness. Keep keep bugging us where we need to be bugged. Take this beyond a Sunday morning thing. We're so grateful to be yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As you go this week. May you be full of the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, and may you put yourself in a position to receive that from him. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Um, we, I'm going I'm to release this here. Um, so again, there's prayer at the front. Come forward, receive prayer. Anything going on in your life, um, including anything that the Holy Spirit spoke to you about today, there's brothers and sisters that will pray with you. Um, we, we missed a point in the service earlier today. Um, Linda, I know this is out of order. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to. You thought you got out of it. I know. Come on up. Come on up. Ha have a seat real quick, friends. <laughs> I know. Part of, um, 
we have, we have, right now we have monthly prayer meetings at the church. For a long time we were doing it every Wednesday. Format dictated that we had to, we had to change some things. Um, but Linda heads up our prayer ministry, and this is a key part of who we are. So I just wanted her to share briefly about prayer ministry. I'm just going to give you the table here. Just go. Just go. Oh, good morning. Okay. Can you hear me? I'm All right. I'm not an expert, so you have to bear with me. Um, it's funny he read that passage because that's what I was going to read. That's how God works, you know. Um, so we have two opportunities as far as prayer. I'm Linda. I guess he said that. Um, there's pre-service prayer that starts at 9.30 every morning, every Sunday morning, and then there's after-service prayer. And I wanted to read from Matthew chapter 7. And it says, Ask and it will be given you, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So God has some good gifts that he wants to give to you this morning. And how many of you would like a good gift from God? Yes. Raise your hands. Yes, me too. Um, Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 and 24 talks about Jesus' mission. And I call it um, his mission statement. That's what I call it. And that mission was to teach and to preach and to heal. And the prayer team and Viewpoint Church are on mission with Jesus, and it's all about him and allowing him to work through us to help you and to bring others to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. God wants to help us in our everyday life, okay? This book, the Bible, is not just a collection of good stories. Oh, wow, that happened? Oh, that was so wonderful? No. This word is alive and it's powerful. The Jesus of the Bible is still at work today. He's still working miracles. He wants to heal our bodies. He wants to help you deal with that boss who gives you grief. He wants to help you with that neighbor who gets on your last nerves. I have a couple of those. And he wants to help us with our mental health. And I know I've needed some mental health. Don't raise your hand. But uh, come on, we, we've, all, we've all been there. So I have a few testimonies that I want to read um, because the Bible says believers lay hands on the sick and they recover. And if you don't want hands laid on you, it's okay. We'll just pray for you. Um, so these are testimonies of people from our congregation who've been healed. I'll start with me. Mine's short. I went to a four-square meeting last week. And if I, I rarely say I don't feel when my kids are like, are you sick? And I said, I, I said and if I were, I wouldn't tell you. <laughs> but that's just how I roll. But I felt pretty lousy. I thought about not going. I was moving slow. Darlene can tell you. She's like, what's, what's wrong with you? And I had a, this really bad sore throat, and I was fatigued. But um, during the service, somebody prayed, and uh, they prayed for anybody who was dealing with physical symptoms. And about a few days later, it was gone. I mean, I don't have it now. I'm, I'm healed. Another testimony was a gentleman here at church. A lady came forward. Sometimes people come forward and give words. And that word was about someone needing healing in their eyes and their shoulder. And this gentleman said, that's me. And he had, his symptoms were he had a retinal tear, and he had, you know, when your lights flash, the lights flash in your eyes, and he had shoulder pain. So he went forward, and he was healed. Another time, this same gentleman 
had severe low back pain, and he was prayed for, and the pain left. And uh, the fourth one is someone with pain in their foot, and their ankle was throbbing. And they came forward, and within a couple days, the pain was gone. So we are here after service to partner with Jesus and with you. So come on down. Let's do that music. Come on. Come on down. Don't be afraid to come down. If it's here, if it's in here, it's fair game, okay? If Jesus did it, it's fair game. So we're going to pray for you and be in agreement with what the Bible has already said. Amen. She said it's over. It's over. It's been, she said that way more succinctly than I did. Uh, um, so there you go. Now we're done. Now we're done. The front is open for prayer. Hang out. Be family. If you've got kids, don't forget your kids. And, um, and there's coffee in the back. Hang out. Love one another. And keep asking for more. Amen.